welcome into Dragon Ball Super Dope. My name is Kyle. Thank you for checking this out. So we're trying to do this thing once a month where we do uh, a live stream on YouTube uh, with my buddy Anchor Mulia from CBR.com. What's up? Hey, man. How are you? Oh, <laughs> not too bad, actually. It's been all right. Yeah, a little man. chaotic. Um, chaotic in a good way, I hope? Or uh, It's been some news. It's been some been a mess this weekend but for the most part it's been okay are you getting it are you starting weeb wars 2020 right now um not weebs this time more more uh comic book uh american comic nerds but uh otherwise all right <laughs> uh yeah i think um so long as you got your um practice strokes in last year uh, I can't stay long. Sorry, somebody just popped in. I can't stay long, but I wanted to pop in to show my support for you both and prove to myself why Ant is an adorable guy. I will catch up ASAP. That's from Alex Baxter Scott. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, he's a good, he's a good, good dude. Good dude. <laughs> Alex uh, good. But he's obviously on your um, good side, though. He's not one of these comic gate chuds that we're dealing with. Oh God, no! Apparently, I'm the centerfold of a massive conspiracy theory. It's it's wild. I'm like every every hairpin ties back to me in some strange way. It's wonderful. Yeah, all the red string ties <laughs> immediately back to Ant. Um, yeah, well, maybe not directly. Like more like off center. <laughs> yeah, you're still on the periphery, though, man. That's enough. Oh yeah, that's, that's enough yeah. to have your Twitter flag, uh, Twitter account flagged to death. <laughs> oh God. Well, thankfully, I blocked most of them, so it's it's fine. Blockchains are really useful for that reason. Yeah, just no got, fuss. I started to say, uh, you got your your practice strokes in last year, uh, the Weeb mm. Wars of 2019. That's when we became friends. Uh, oh yeah, the, the famous oh. uh, Vic McNogna case. That was a good oh, time. Oh yes, the 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 eggnog um, harassment case was very. Uh, there was some there was some tortilla uh, tortilla intent or whatever we were trying to torturous intent. Torturous intent. Their... Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Dude, I learned so much about the law last year. Oh my god. Oh my god. No, so much legal. I mean, and, like, like a master's class would have been not as efficient as that. <laughs> and now, T. T. Greg Doucette, uh, mm -hmm. super dope, Nerd News Happy Hour. T. Greg Doucette, the dude who was, uh, you know, like yeah, the yeah. main guy in the law thread main last lawyer, year. Dude, yeah. He's, main, like, been one of the central lawyers in the country documenting all the police brutality stuff going on since the end of May, <sighs> beginning of June. He's a brilliant dude. Like, everything he's, every, like, every time he posts something, I'm, like, always, like, oh, my God, he's that. He's just, yeah. he just seems like a good, cool dude too. Like I never, I don't, I've never talked to him myself like one on one, but I know people who have. He seems like a yeah. chilled guy all around. Limited Twitter, Twitter interaction for me, but uh, oh, T. Yeah. Greg Doucette, we love you, baby. Respect. So, and you, you just outline all of the really um, terrible things that I hate about Twitter, and basically mm -hmm. all the things that make me really. Um, irregular in my social media use so if you're somebody who oh, yeah. tweets at us or like sends us messages sometimes or whatever i do a really poor job checking out those uh <laughs> those things because twitter is a toxic place man but it can be exhausting uh, Some, it is sometimes yeah it can be I very have... inspiring but also very draining at times depending on what you're looking at you know i gotta be in the right headspace and i have to be careful with what i'm looking at so mm, usually what happens though when I go on Twitter, it's usually the super dope Twitter. Otherwise it's my own personal Twitter, which I don't use a ton, and that's usually politics based stuff. So I know to not look at that very often. But with super dope stuff, I go on and it's gonna be, you know, a bunch of idiots talking about Dragon Ball. I'm pretty much used to that. A lot of Dragon Ball bad takes, I'm sure. And then I also run the risk uh earlier and earlier each month of having the latest Dragon Ball manga chapter spoiled for me. 
Ah. So, so usually it's, you know, the chapter drops on the 20th each month. Usually by like the 17th or the 18th, a few panels or a few pages, mm-hmm. few pages leak sometimes. And uh, you got enough to like piece together what's going to happen throughout the chapter, you know? Mm. So if you're on Twitter between like the 16th and the 19th, I've bitched about this every month for the last several months. So if this is like me sounding like a broken record, good, cut it out. <laughs> so we, um, this, this month, however, it wasn't like an early page leak or an early panel leak. Mm. It was on the 12th and mm-hmm. it was sketches of panels, like really rough sketches of panels leaked out and spoiled portions of chapter 62 that's due to drop any day now. Since then, more pages have come out and we kind of have a rough idea of what's going to happen in chapter 62. That's all a long way to say. We're not going to be talking about that tonight. We're going to be talking about that in the next couple of weeks. I think Leonard's going to come back. But for chapter 61 last month, there was a big ruckus in the Twitter world between the 17th and the 19th or whatever during this whole you just spoiled kyle's uh you know first chance to uh take this manga in i have to now do it through you angry 20 year old Mm. male on twitter it's got nothing else to do except try to get some retweets about how pissed you are about this vegeta panel all right am i getting too angry too early you think no we can get angrier yeah no it's only gonna go uphill it's only gonna go uphill from here so all right, shut the fuck up and focus here, Kyle. My point is, Twitter's the goddamn worst because it always spoils the manga. Last month, chapter 61, mm. Vegeta has this moment they've been building towards over the last five, four or five chapters um, that's kind of already been couched in a lot of ways because, you know, they've said, Goku hasn't mastered uh, Ultra Instinct yet, but he will eventually. After Vegeta gets his ass whooped and Goku comes back and, you know, wins the thing. Mm-hmm. Again, we're not talking about 62 tonight. So 61, Vegeta shows up and does a pretty nice job putting the ass whoop in Amaro. Mm-hmm. And he has this monologue where basically he tells Moro, I'll see you in hell. Uh, or I'm going to send you to hell. Excuse mm-hmm. me, I think, I think is how it starts. And Moro's like, what, you think you're not going to see me there? You, you think that you're not going to go to hell? And Vegeta's like, hmm, yeah. Good point, huh? Killed lots of people. I literally used to be in the planet extermination business, like professionally. I was really good mm. at it. Billions and billions and billions of people have died at my hand. Again, I was really good at it. Got paid for it. Um, yeah, I'm probably going to go to hell. I'm a villain. I'm a villain. Even though I'm standing here protecting the earth as a hero right now, I'm a villain. And man... Did Twitter get pissed about that stuff? Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is terrible. Way to completely undercut all of the character development Vegeta's had in Dragon Ball Super. The audacity. This series is terrible. At this point, Dragon Ball GT Vegeta is better than Dragon Ball Super Vegeta. What the? F- mm-hmm. And I've been thinking about those tweets ever since. I mean, we're literally just over a month now since those mm-hmm. tweets happened. Or probably just coming up on a month. And I'm still pissed about it, Ant. So... We were kind of hard up. We're trying to do these once a month, the live streams again. And I was trying to come up with a better topic for tonight, but this one just had me so pissed. And uh, no, was... I can see the rage already. And I may have some controversial opinions Uh-oh. about both Dragon Ball Super Vegeta and Dragon Ball GT Vegeta. Okay. I will hold them off until we get to them, though. I mean, they might be controversial. I have no idea. I mean, 
really, if I said blue's my favorite color, that would probably piss someone off on online. Mm. Uh, the, the the orange lobbyists have been trying to kill me for years. It's not going to work. Sorry. Lose the Jeez. opposite of orange. not going to work out. Yeah, man. Connect. I don't care if you like Goku and his orange stuff. It's uh... Oh, I meant like the color, but yeah, that works too. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's see. Let's check out the chat real quick. Dan Berardi is uh, fully encouraging me to get very angry. And uh, oh, yo, Brian. Brian Meltiori. What's up, baby? How you doing? Um, get mad. It's all good. Yeah, I'm going to get real mad tonight. So in case you couldn't tell based off of how I've um, phrased this conversation or phrased um, you know, the setup for this, I, I kind of impartial to Dragon Ball Super Vegeta. Um, mm. Now, there are things that kind of help Dragon Ball Super Vegeta a ton. Mm-hmm. However, there are things that help Dragon Ball GT Vegeta in a lot of ways. I mean, fuck. I mean, I did the show outline. Yeah, the mustache is literally the first thing. Good. Mustached Jad Vegeta. That's the first bullet point under my good column. Um, And, you know, if you want to take it one step further, we kind of still have Dragon Ball GT Vegeta through Dragon Ball Heroes and the Dragon Ball uh, Zeno iterations of the characters of Goku and Vegeta. Like, that's GT Timeline Vegeta. So there are things that help GT Vegeta and Super Vegeta, but there are things that also hurt both of those characters yeah um, neither of them a, are as good i think as the z uh incarnation of vegeta i think the, i think the problem with vegeta especially more than any other character in dragon ball is that by the end of dragon ball z vegeta's arc is done like he's finished it he's reached the, the climax of his arc so everything else since then has either been retreading past ground or kind of just stalling at the place z left off and what's really weird about that is that this is one of the good things about why the Boo Saga. Because the thing is, everyone always talks about how, you know, Toriyama didn't want to write the Boo Saga. He was done after Cell. He was done after Frieza. And yeah, and yeah that's true. But the problem is um, that the Boo Saga gave them enough time to really wrap up Vegeta's arc perfectly. Like, after that, he said everything he needs to say with that character. And sometimes the character arc finishing is really good. Like, I know we're used to, like, continuous stories that continue on for very long periods of time. And Dragon Ball Z is a good example of that because it does continue so nicely from point to point to point. But Vegeta's arc is a great example of a story. Okay, we've reached the end and then that's it. We're good. I think though, that's the only character. Oh, I was gonna say, I think that's the only character that really has that conclusive arc in Z. I don't think any other character has as neatly a concluded arc as Vegeta does at the end of Dragon Ball Z. I think that's like a perfect finale point when he's watching uh, Kid Buu and Goku fight. And he's like, oh, you're the best. I've always tried to get past you, but you always try to become stronger than yourself and beat your own limits. You know, you're the best. I admit you're, you know, that's it. That's the whole, his whole central character conflict from point A to point B. That's the end of it. And he's found his perfect niche right there at the end. The problem is, I think, with... Dragon Ball GT Vegeta especially, is they have nothing to say with them. That has no even said. Super tries to recycle what they did before and tries to take it in new directions, which is good, but GT is very stagnant as a character. And I think that's the problem with Dragon Ball GT's Vegeta. It's a very stagnant portrayal of Vegeta. 
except for the mustache. <laughs> yeah, I think all of what you just said, I honestly couldn't agree more with. And that's why Dragon Ball Z Vegeta could never be part of this discussion today. No, it's just it's, 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 the, it's the perfect. I mean, you know, people will say that Dragon Ball Z is the story of Goku. If you want to talk to somebody who's a little more um, in touch with the series, they'll say it's the story of Gohan, Dragon Ball Z specifically. But you mm. could also say it's the story of Vegeta in a bunch of different ways, too. Um, definitely not as the main character, but as a secondary character. And I say that because oh, yeah. he does have the firm uh, beginning as the evil dude. I'm here to extinguish and exterminate all life on the planet to, hey, I'm no longer a prideful asshole. And I'm willing to say that you're the best and I'm willing to do what I can to help serve you and protect this planet. Like that's as full circle as it gets. Mm. So Dragon Ball GT, you're right. First of all, the well, the one of the bad things about GT is. One of? It, yeah, all right. Not one of, but one of the many things of drag, uh, that are bad about Dragon Ball GT uh, is that they don't use Vegeta enough. Like, mm. they made that active attempt to get back to the formulaic thing. They tried to reset the age of their audience, basically. Um, they'd said, okay, 1996, 1997, uh, Dragon Ball has now been on the air for 12 years. Um, our audience has probably aged up. Let's try to hook in a new generation of young kids with the same sort of formula that we had in the initial Dragon Ball series. We've got little kid Goku. He's teamed with a girl protagonist, and there's an adult-ish male in either you know Yamcha or Trunks in the case of Dragon Ball GT. And that's mm. the formula they went with. They cut off all the rest of these awesome characters they built over the last 12 years. We all know that that ultimately ended up being... Um, a big mistake and they eventually kind of course correct when the baby saga happens and they start getting the other saiyans involved they get vegeta involved but even vegeta in that saga there is not really vegeta he's vegeta possessed by baby, baby. so and i think the big problem with that first arc of of gt you know the first half of gt when vegeta appears he's barely really in it he appears as like the dad that's okay you know yeah, cool. he's out taking Bulla shopping and driving her around in a car and trying to give her like a normal like kids. I mean, as normal as a rich kid can get like a life experience. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. That's cool. I, I, I don't mind watching. And I think we, and I think Super did that, too, very well in some of their smaller episodes early on seeing Vegeta just be a dad. I like that. I think it's that's that honestly is the best new element to both Vegeta being a parent. I think that really is such an interesting ground because it was only really covered previously in uh, the Boo Saga. I feel Super doesn't explore that as much. At least not in any new ways. I feel Super Vegeta, uh, when they bring in the dad element, it's very much recycling what they did either in the Boo Saga with Young Trunks or Vegeta kind of coming in contact with his older version from the future in the Cell Saga. I feel they do do a few things that are really cool, but I think with GT Vegeta, one element that I like about GT Vegeta is his relationship with uh, with Bulla, with Bra, depending on what version you're watching. Yeah, I think that element, unfortunately, is never done well enough. But the idea of Vegeta having a daughter and like literally changing his entire you know you know image based on his daughter making fun of his mustache. Like, that alone is just such a great, great element of his character. <laughs> Him, like, yeah. growing the mustache and shaving it. Just, just good stuff. And just realizing that he doesn't want to get trolled by his daughter anymore. And no, that, yeah, uh, it's, 
It's great. It's so simple. It's so small, but it's like, that's the kind of like liveliness that really makes the character interesting. I know a lot of people like make fun of that scene. Like, oh, it's terrible. I think it's interesting. It's different. It's funny. It's it's that kind of awkward dad humor that like you really hate to watch on sitcoms. But when it's a character who you who's blown up planets being like beaten by like his daughter, like bullying him and shaving a mustache, that's some good stuff. It's different. Yeah, no, you're right. That is that juxtaposition of just such a powerful man being put down by the words of a teenage girl is never not going to make me laugh. Yeah. Oh. So I think he does kind of I think that's one of the only redeeming qualities of Vegeta in Dragon yeah. Ball GT is ha- is having um see him more as like a devoted father to to his daughter especially. He's very much, you know, uh mm. daddy's protect uh He's very much like, um, you know, the protector of, you know, his daughter or whatever. I, he, it's very interesting to see him treat uh, Bra or Buddha. I'm going to go back and forth on that, so get used yeah, to it. It's but, all good. Uh, <clears throat> it's very interesting to see how he treats her as like a younger child uh, as opposed mm-hmm. to like Trunks as a younger child. It's, it's two <laughs> completely different worlds. Like he babies his little girl so much more. Um, oh, yeah. So seeing him as more of a family man in GT is is one of the more redeeming qualities. I also like, and I don't really know if you could say it's like a good or a bad or a redeeming thing or whatever, but what I like about GT Vegeta is, and it's it's sort of thrown on him too in a lot of ways, is in relation to how Dragon Ball Z ends is he's still pretty comfortable not being the guy. Like he's more than happy to just have a family. And again, Mm -hmm. it ties into the family part of it, but what Dragon Ball Super has to do in order to kind of reset the clock on the Vegeta, bring it back to on the Vegeta, uh, bring it back to, uh, you know, pre the end of Dragon Ball Z where he hasn't mm. made peace with that part. Although he has, you know what I mean? Like yeah. he makes, that's what drives me bananas about Dragon Ball Super is that in order to make Vegeta a viable character mm. again, or be able to have him have these moments. I say again, because mm. it's a, like you said, it, it was a lot of, it's a lot of retread in, in terms of territory or in terms of scenes, they kind of have to like disavow or just like, uh, conveniently forget maybe, um, mm. some of the things that he's done previously in order for him to do it again. One of those things being admitting like, Hey, Goku, you're number one. Yeah. I'm here to support you, bud. Like Dragon Ball super comes around and, it's a much different set of circumstances given that the gods get involved and everything like that. But yeah, um, I like in GT that dad Vegeta GT. I've been calling him all sorts of weird shit all week. GT Eda GT <laughs> dad Jita mustache. Yeah, G- mustache is the only actual answer on that yeah. one. <laughs> mustache. Mustache. <laughs> um, it's very so, hairy in this in, in GT. I mean, first he gets a mustache and he becomes a giant golden ape, then he becomes a Super Saiyan 4. He's a very hairy guy. Like, I'm he gets down like with a Robin Williams consistency with hair. I'm down with the facial. That's one of the other things I don't like about GT Vegeta, too. No, no, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not. The, ca- I'm fine with the facial hair. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Why, why'd you cut your hair, bro? That's not cool. That's not how Saiyan's hair works. I've yeah, been told weird. a lot of different things. That doesn't make sense. What the hell? Yeah, that one, that one that, I agree. I don't like that at all. I never hell, understood Toei. that. Jeez. Like so, it looks, like, it makes it look boxy, you know. It makes his head look like a big box. It doesn't look yeah. like distinct anymore. I don't know. He well, looks like half his height. I'm saying Vegeta's already vertically challenged, man. He could use those extra three to four inches yeah. of the tops of his spikes of his hair. Like at that point, he's just bullying. At that point, making him cut it like that. Maybe that's <laughs> why. Maybe that's why he cut off the tops of his spikes. Maybe his daughter made fun of him again. 
Um, yeah, that's what I think. It's the only way I could imagine that working out. It is Bulma. Do- it is Bulma's daughter, man. I imagine she's got the uh, the biting words. Mm, yeah, and one thing I do like about um, GT Bulma, not so much Vegeta, is that Bulma is still very useful. Like she still, like in every every point of the series, she's she's necessary for these guys to get from point A to point B. Like they they, they couldn't function without her half the time, and I think this one especially. So before you and I jumped on our call here tonight, mm-hmm. I, um, I've i watched so much Dragon Ball my entire life since I was six. I don't keep in touch with all of the series all the time. Mostly it's just in my head all of the time. But I yeah, figured yeah. for this I should watch um, episodes 59 and 60 of Dragon Ball GT where he goes Super Saiyan 4, Bulma comes in, does the Blutzwave thing, uh, makes him transform, which also, by the way, if Vegeta was to kind of get back into fighting, he probably wouldn't want to do it with the blood waves, but also I could kind of understand the desperation. So I'll give him a pass on that. Anyway, Bulma being useful. He does the transformation that goes super Saiyan four. And there, he, he suggests let's do the fusion dance. And everyone's like, wow, Vegeta, you're suggesting to do the fusion. That's wild. So they need mm-hmm. to get him time. Trunk steps in and kicks Omega Shenron in the gut. And, uh, Omega Shenron smacks him around and the next person to step in, you've got like Goten, Gohan, Pan, I think, are like the three other people in the immediate area. The mm-hmm. next person to step in to try to buy them time is Bulma sitting in the Blutz Wave seats, just <laughs> blasting waves at him like, fuck off, piss off, ghosts. I was, and I seriously said to myself, I forgot man, that. Gohan, how does it feel? Man, you, when Bulma's more useful than your dumb ass. Oh, no. Well, Bulma's just the best character in the whole series, I think, sometimes. Like, I, as I've gotten older, the more I'm like, no, Bulma's, like, top five best characters in this whole show. Like, I, as a kid, you're like, oh, let's go with the fighting. Ah, nah. But no, Bulma, like, fucking every, every time I revisit Dragon Ball Z, I just like Bulma more and more as a kid. Every step of the uh, way, Bulma's always been time. one of my faves. You got somebody calling you out in the chat over here. Let's see. Uh, let's check in in the chat real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dad Jita. Oh, Dan beat me to the punch on Dad Jita. Full circle. Uh, uh, obligatory heckler here. This is from Ninja Nazumi. Again, we're doing it for the podcast listeners. We're doing a YouTube live stream tonight. We're trying to do these once a month on Sunday nights at nine. So be on the lookout for info on those. But this is from Ninja Nazumi. Obligatory heckler here. You have oh, now yes. been heckled. Vegeta GT is lame. JK, kept my promise to heckle you, Aunt. Oh, you got He's fans. Good. Yeah, this is good. He's a good guy. Uh, Melchiori, don't touch my Bulma. Did it for me. Super Vegeta wins. That's a great Okay, point. yeah, that's one of the... Okay, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get we to totally that. will get there. But I think that just kind of like reinforces the, the idea of... Um, that reinforces the idea of like family Vegeta, but also mm. like... I'm a passionate lover and I love my wife, Vegeta. And I'm like, fuck yeah, yeah I'm down with that version of Vegeta as well. Yeah, um, that's one of the best scenes in the entire super period. But I'll get to that in a bit. I have, a moment. I have, I have feelings about that. <laughs> Aunt, you're echoing a little bit. That might be oh, me. Ho- hopefully the echo has since subsided. I, that might have been me. So if oh, the echo okay. has gotten better, let me know. Uh, Dan okay. Berardi, having a daughter changes everything. Very true. Tames the beast, mm-hmm. doesn't it? You big weightlifting man. Um, little mango art, yo, aunt. I really don't GT very behind on super. I watched you Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. Cool little mango art. Yeah, she's good. She's good. She's a good egg. You should catch up on super GT. I'll give you the pass on that. Unless you want to watch the last like six episodes, then you should do that because 
The ending of Dragon Ball GT is going to forever make me fucking weep. Like a yeah, big old GT's baby. finale is amazing. Ugh. Vegeta has nothing to do with it, but Vegeta, yeah, the ending. It, well, here's actually, a small, small yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that, that actually, line. Ooh. Okay, actually, no. Actually, now I say that, I do have thoughts on that. Now, once I, at first, I'm like, no, no, no. But I'm like, wait a second. Hang on. Yeah, he does. It's really we'll just the one line, unless you want to talk about G, uh, Vegeta Jr. But well, no, I think it's a couple implicate a couple bits in that ending. That I think oh, Vegeta. when you're talking about when he flies over to his head and Goku does the shh, and then yeah, when he says yeah. and he says to Pan, he's like, "Hold yeah, that, yeah, hold that close, hold that dear, yeah, the take good care of it, something like that." Whoa, yeah, that boy. that gets me because he's the only one who picks up on the fact that this is he's the only one who knows permanent. exactly. Everyone else is like. Goku, you're just going to hang out with the dragon. That's very strange. We've been calling this dragon up like once a month, every fucking year for the once a month, every year, once a month yeah. for the last, you know, 30 years. Now you're just going to go take a flight with him. Vegeta's the only Seems one who picks up on it. And it's so yeah. heartbreaking when it happens. Him and I think Piccolo and actually him, Piccolo and Voshi, I think are the only ones that pick up on it. Because Master Voshi, I think, gets it. Yeah. Uh, when he visits I, him. He might. Yeah. I'm not and sure I, on the Roshi one. Piccolo definitely, I think. But well, I mean, he goes to hell to visit Piccolo. So yeah, yeah. Piccolo's like, "What the fuck are you doing here? I just literally, <laughs> I just got you out of here last week, man." <laughs> yeah, I think I think Roshi to an extent, but I think definitely Vegeta and definitely Piccolo. But I think Vegeta is the first one to figure it out. Out of the entire crowd of very intelligent people, he's the only one that knows Goku enough to know what like he's thinking. I think that's really good with Vegeta, but I think also super. Definitely does more with Vegeta in certain respects. So but I don't know if I agree with most of what they do. So I think I've kind of already given you the good for the GT, the bad for the GT. Uh, not enough Vegeta. The um, blood waves. What is let me give you. Let me give you my big issue with Vegeta. Real. I think it's going to tie in with everything you're going to say, and I think okay. everything you're going to say is going to tie in with this. I think we both have the same issue. What does Vegeta actually do of any value to the plot of GT? Um, he is the villain who is a, he's he, basically he's the villain for the baby yeah. saga. The only reason baby ever becomes a threat is because he takes over G, uh, Vegeta's body specifically. And mm-hmm. then he's the way in which they defeat Omega Shenron when he shows up, has the plot armor, blutz wave. Thank God your wife's a super successful scientist thing to go to Super Saiyan 4. He suggests the fusion. They transform into Gogeta. And that buys them enough time for. Oh, God. Nothing. Yeah. yeah oh, Jesus. Maybe it's pointless. Yeah, the thing is, what does is thing as as cool as Super Saiyan Four Gogeta is, and it's cool. What value does he actually serve in the plot? The value no- is they figured out by episode fifty nine that they didn't use Vegeta enough in the first fifty plus episodes, mm-hmm. and that they needed to figure it out. And then they finally got him in there, and they got the cancellation notice a couple weeks later. Exactly, basically, like, and it's funny because with. Vegeta, when he's when it was one great scene with Vegeta where he's fighting Omega Shenron. This is after I think it's like the second to last episode of the series, and like, and um, you know, Goku they think he's dead, and Vegeta is just fighting Omega Shenron as an untransformed Super Saiyan. Maybe he's like just a Super Saiyan, and like he just gets his like freaking shoulder impaled by oh, like with the spike, yeah. Oh yeah, and it's brutal and vicious and violent, but it doesn't accomplish anything. Like, it's not like what they do would have stalled for time long enough. He was just standing there. Like, Omega Shenron wasn't going anywhere. He wasn't, like, 
leaving that spot. They weren't trying to, it wasn't like with, you know, Kid Buu when they're trying to buy time for Goku to make the spirit bomb stronger. He's just, just I mean, he is building a spirit bomb, but it's not like Omega Shenron notices it. So it's not like that, that fight serves any real purpose in the plot other than to give Vegeta one last stand against the big bad. But it doesn't affect anything. And that's no. the big problem with, I think, Vegeta. He's either useful because someone else inhabits his body, or he does something that looks cool but doesn't really accomplish all that much. Yeah. Whereas Super does stuff that actually matters to the plot. You know, with Super, Vegeta and Super, he, his actions do impact the story. And I think that's my big problem with GT in general. Most of the characters don't do anything that really affects the plot in any way that's not superficial. And again, though, I think one thing that you need to consider, and it's one thing that I, I meant to kind of illustrate, but I don't think I did it well enough. There are things that are going to affect both versions of these characters that mm. is no fault of those characters. It's pretty much just a fault of the the series and how long it was. Like, GT's exactly. only 64 episodes. By the time they figured out what they wanted to do, they got Vegeta involved. The Baby Saga really kicks off... Uh, once they get back to Earth and they take over their first mm-hmm. Saiyan, it's like between episodes 25 and 30, somewhere in there. So halfway through the series, they finally figured out like, hey, maybe we should use all of these awesome characters that we've got in our mm-hmm. um, you know, arsenal here. So exactly. they course correct, and then 30 episodes later, it's over. Dragon Ball Super, they kind of already know that they don't have to go down that route. Um they didn't I don't think they had the benefit of knowing that it would go basically twice as long as Dragon Ball GT mm. would. But I think what they did have the benefit of was what, twenty twenty three by the time this actual series comes back, twenty two, twenty three years of hindsight to say mm. this is what people like about Vegeta, um, both in our canon uh entries into the series and all the other forms and media, the movies, the video games, all of this stuff. We know that people want to see Vegeta do these types of things. We know that Vegeta, um, you know, we know that people love when Vegeta does, you know, when he shows up and delivers the badass line or he shows Mm -hmm. up and, you know, delivers that clutch save. Like there's a very formulaic approach to Vegeta and Super, which is good and bad, I think. But what also kind of stinks is they have to rewind certain aspects of Z. Uh, to be able to have these moments again. And I think they do a good, to their credit, they do a good job, like, redoing those moments. Uh, The one that really sticks out most in my brain is, like, the prime example is Vegeta's sacrifice in the Tournament of Power. It's Mm. literally the same exact thing as Majin Vegeta's sacrifice against... uh, uh, against Majin Buu. Baby, yeah, Majin Buu. I, I was almost a baby there for a second. Wow. But maybe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got so, too much GT in the brain. Wow. <laughs> yeah, get it out. Get it out. Get oh, it, it out. screws the brain. So, Terrible. I, I don't know. I think that GT Vegeta had didn't have the benefit of long. Like, if, if, if GT went for 120 episodes, I would like to see what Goku and Vegeta, because at that point, I think they would have figured out, oh, wow, this show is a lot more fun when Vegeta and Gohan and Goku and Trunks and Goten and Oob, maybe less Pan, and Little Mango mm. are actually in the chat, did point out, Pan is very, very annoying. I, I want to say... She, un- hands on, Pan wasn't used right. That's the problem with Pan. She could have been a great character. Like She could have had, had a lot of potential as a character. The problem is GT writers just didn't know what they were doing. Like, they didn't have a... Like, Toriyama didn't know what he was doing either, but he had a really good editor. But Toriyama's strength was he was good at improvising. 
He was good at just making up whatever came to mind, just making it work. Because he was good at building tension. He was great at the moment of tension. The moment of conflict. He was great at, like, getting. Because he didn't really think ahead. He thought of, right now, this bit right here. Whatever this bit is right now, he's going to make it the most intense thing, or the most funny thing, or the most... Whereas I think with GT, they just didn't have that spark. They didn't have the improvisation skill. No, and I think with GT, I mean, it's you know, it's no secret that uh, it was continued on by the studio because they're like, yo, Dragon Ball makes money. So mm-hmm. I can't blame them or like really be surprised by the fact that they're not writing those kinds of compelling character moments like a Toriyama aimed to do, no matter how like, you know, shooting from the hip, flying by the seat of his pants, whatever it may have been. You're right. Mm-hmm. He understood characters in moments of tension and like what made characters work or tick or however you'd like to put it with mm-hmm. the people who carried on with Dragon Ball GT. They didn't have that frame of mind going into it. They just were like, let's mm-hmm. do some cool shit. It took them 30 episodes to realize all of our ideas for cool shit really aren't that cool. Let's kind of fall yeah. back on some old basics. And by that time, it was all canceled up. Vegeta um, kind of becomes victim of that. So does Gohan. Mm-hmm. So does Goten. So does Oob. Oob is one of Oob the especially uh, one of the biggest disrespected characters in Dragon Ball GT, in my opinion. Mm. I'd say Piccolo, uh, too, to a lesser extent. I think Piccolo has the virtue of doing something, but it's done in such a weird way. I, I don't know. It is. The two, the two Piccolo moments in GT that have always stood out to me are, yeah, the way he you know transports himself out of heaven by fucking shit up and getting transported to hell and then reopening yeah. the portal with Dende during the Super 17 saga, but... Mm-hmm. Like that's a weird, but the the way that evil Gohan kills him with that Kamehameha, uh, Kamehameha in that X uh, pit circle, like the visual will always be burned into my brain of master mm. killing student, even though it's uh, excuse me, student killing master, even though it's a evil possessed version of said student. Mm. Um, those are like the two big Piccolo moments. Vegeta, and he blows up too in the on the planet. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's about it. But with Vegeta, like, does he even? You have moments like that in GT. He Not fuses. Really. He fuses. And he gets he, his he, shoulders stabbed. Yeah, he has somebody uh, help him cheat his way to SSJ four, and then he suggests the fusion, and then he gets his shoulder stabbed. Oh, and he grows a mustache. Oh, when the yeah. But that's yeah. when the what's the thing though? Isn't it funny that a, a gag scene is one of the most memorable parts of his entire character moment in the in the whole show? Is that 64 episodes? And yeah, I don't know. Dragon Ball has always been, uh, except Dragon Ball Z for the most part. Dragon Ball is a pretty funny show. Oh, God. Yeah. Some of my favorite Vegeta moments in Dragon Ball Super are the funny moments. He's got a ton of badass moments. Let's talk about the Dragon Ball, the good Dragon Ball Super moments for Vegeta. So, I've already talked about (laughs) they've rewound. uh, All right. So, but with the understanding that they had to rewind it a little bit so that we can, you know, retread path in various territories, but also uh, have also new, different moments too. What are Mm -hmm. some of your favorite parts of Dragon Ball Super Vegeta? Okay. So, the one thing that comes to mind the most um, is the sense of vulnerability one thing i love about the end of dragon Ball z with boo saga is how vegeta says like oh i've grown soft i've I've had a family i love you know and he admits he loves them we don't really see that too much in in dragon Ball in the boo saga but we do see it a lot at the beginning the beginning and middle of uh super especially with beerus because the whole time he's terrified out of I, I love that we see he's terrified i love that vulnerability because previously 
Vegeta has been like very like self-driven. He was never really afraid of like an external force as much outside of like the weird thing with Broly in the movie where he's just yeah. like handsomely uh, terrified of Broly. Don't suddenly. don't don't get me but, started on the Broly stuff, man. I'll, I'll hold off on Broly. <laughs> but I, I like how we see him terrified of this god who his father was groveling before and all that. But then we see him, you know the moment. Oh, well, I mean in the movie it's the moment. In in Battle of Gods it's the moment that, you know Bulma gets hit. But in in the show I think it's a little delayed. But at the same time, you still see this immense passion in response to protect his, uh, his wife from this. And that's just such a great moment. And it's so powerful. And it's great because we see that Vegeta and Bulma are equals. We see that mu- very much in Super. We don't see it too much in Z. And we don't see it too much in GT. But we see really in Super how Bulma is unequal uh, to, to Vegeta. And I love that dynamic between them. So, I think it's I'm sorry to cut you off, but you just hit on one it. of my most like underappreciated things about Dragon Ball Super is the fact mm-hmm. that Bulma is kind of brought back not only a little bit more consistently into the fold, because you could say she's been there pretty consistently throughout Z, but Dragon Ball Z, she's very much um, in the role of damsel in distress if she's in any role at all. Um, mm. And in some cases, she's like that, uh, whatever the heck that word I'm looking for is, where she's the magic solve to the thing, and she's yeah. invented a device a plot for that. device. She's a plot device. I thought it was like a fancy term. Do sex, fuck it. Do sex machina. God, God the machine. Yeah, yeah there we Three- go. Three beers deep, but you know, Bulma's that. So, um, you know, those are pretty much without any. <laughs> those are pretty much the only roles that she serves in Dragon Ball Z. But in Dragon Ball, my favorite series, and Dragon Ball Super, which I won't say is better than Dragon Ball Z, but no. I think it might. When it's all said and done, several years down the road, if Dragon Ball Super stays in its current one to one thirty one the way it is, mm-hmm. I'm going to enjoy parts of Dragon Ball Super a hell of a lot more than I enjoy parts of Dragon Ball Z. Bulma returning back to her feisty, I don't give a shit who you are. Oh, the god of what? Smack. You're being an asshole. Cut it out. Like, that's one of my favorite things about her. Part mm-hmm. of it's bred from, like, ignorance and not knowing who she's speaking to. But also, if she did know who she, who she was speaking to in that case, I'm pretty sure she would have smacked him up anyway. The thing is, know. we see once she does know who she's talking to, she still doesn't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> she still doesn't care. And that's it's great. Beautiful. Oh, it's That's amazing. A, it speaks to what you said, though, about them being equals in a lot of ways and him yeah. kind of being really cool and down with that. Dragon Ball yeah. Super Vegeta being all about his family is definitely one of the highlights for me as well. Mm-hmm. And I feel it's one of the best things about that character, developing that direction. And I do think that, again, we do get to see the Goku-Vegeta Go, uh, Goku rivalry in a way that's interesting because we never really saw them train together they were always very separate. And I do think that while Super does retread a lot of ground, we do see Vegeta and Goku's relationship change significantly. We see them become very um, on the same page. We see them tra- working together to become stronger. And I think that is, I mean, not the whole series, obviously, but we see enough of it so that we realize that while they still have a rivalry, it is still growing from where we last left off. Yeah. I think that's very significant. I think the one thing that people would most complain about mm. Dragon Ball Super is that it's very much the Goku and Vegeta show. Mm. But here's the thing. 
We talked about it a minute ago. Dragon Ball GT, it took a little bit to figure out what the heck they wanted to do. By the time they figured out to bring in Vegeta on like a consistent basis, it was too late. So when the show comes back 25 whatever <clears throat> years later, they're like, hey, man, we got to get Vegeta as involved as we can in this thing. Because Vegeta and Goku as that, you know, bro kind of thing where whether they're in a rivalry or Vegeta kind of firmly accepts his supporting role as the number two even though I think Super's finally getting back to that point where it's interesting and you can kind of question back mm. for the first time in a while um, mm. who's, who could actually be number one in any given moment. Um, yeah, they're close, which I is good. Like it, was, it was on purpose, though. When they brought back Super, they're like, yeah, man, no, we have to not only you know br- dial back this rivalry to that point to make it interesting for the sake of the character, but like also... That's the fun stuff. And if we put Vegeta and Goku in these situations again, that's the other thing for Vegeta too. One of my favorite things about Dragon Ball Super Vegeta is he's never had any like real masters until we get to this point in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes on to train with with Whis, um, and that's really the first time that we get to see him, you know, trying to be an obedient student and mm-hmm. try to better himself in ways where. He's not approaching something as like an arrogant dick for the first time uh, mm. in terms of when we've been able to see him. Um, seeing different aspects of him with his relationship to Goku and the training aspect part of it. And now that he's got a master involved in his life, all of that's some of the funniest stuff to me. Some of the best stuff. And he becomes a master in a small sense, too. Ooh, to whatever yeah. do you mean? Oh, I mean a certain other kid from some of the universe. What's his name? Oh, I mean it's Got not it. Table. I mean it's not Table. I know that much. It's not. Ta- it's not Tarble. Tarble, whatever his name is. Well, but we do know Dragon Ball Super did confirm Tarble and Tights and Jocko and mm. Jocko. They're all cannons. <laughs> anyway, no, but I do love how Vegeta takes up his own student, I and mean, that's really cool. I mean, it's just a ah. It's a cool concept, and it's ne- and they never really did that before. Even with Trunks during the Cell Saga, they never really got into that dynamic. But I just think it's a I don't know, it's just different. It's cool. Well, they don't do enough with it. I don't think. No, but they do. That's one of the biggest wasted opportunities in Super was not going to see Universe Six and Planet Sadala. Yeah, no, there's a lot in Universe Six. Is a lot of squ- I want to say squandered. That sounds they do do a lot with Universe Six, but there's so much potential they could have done. That they just simply don't. And that does affect every every other facet of the series. I think Hit gets a lot of time, but the rest of the Universe 6 crew doesn't really get their time in the sun. Not nearly enough, Alan. No. And, and a- that isn't to say we won't ever get to see it. Hopefully we will. But mm. um, that's what that's what drives me separate and independent of Vegeta stuff. Uh, that's what drives me nuts about Super as they set up all this possibility to go explore. And then they were like, Fuck off. We'll be back in a bit. And now here Basically. I am, like two and a half years later, pulling my hair out. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Dragon Ball G, uh, excuse me, Dragon Ball Super Vegeta does take on that master uh, role for Kaba. And I think there's more to come on that. I think, assuming that when the series comes back, it's called Dragon Ball Super because that's what the comic book is still called. Um, mm-hmm. I can't imagine they won't go down that route or that road of Vegeta eventually getting to go to planet Zadala. Like there's almost no way they don't go down that road eventually, whether it be in the series or in a movie or whatever. So more to come on him in terms of his, you know, master uh, student relationship there. 
mm-hmm. one of my favorite things about G- uh, Vegeta's Jita, Jita, Sujita, Supajita. One of my favorite things about Vegeta and Dragon Ball Super. There you go. Is we talked about the family a little bit, but we mainly talked about it in terms of his relationship with Bulma and Bulla. Kid Trunks, okay, he makes good on the amusement park thing, and mm-hmm. he like is very protective of him and whatever. That's cool. Seeing him interact with future Trunks again several mm-hmm. years after the fact and seeing the differences in that relationship there through the Goku Black and Zamasu arc, those are some of my favorite Vegeta moments as well in the series. Agreed. It, it, it's because you get to look at this thing post-development. You get to see it post all this growth. And I think that's really cool. And I like how they explore that relationship more after where it left off on uh, in the Cell Saga. I think it's really cool stuff. Because I don't know, it's so I just, it's so mm-hmm. distant in the Cell Saga. Like the, yeah. Vegeta, Vegeta yeah. when he says bye to Future Trunks when he goes to leave, he's just like, "I'm on a tree. <laughs> yeah. This is me holding up my two fingers. <laughs> Goodbye." But like yeah. now, I, I don't know. I feel like Vegeta would probably have have left it off. Like, hey man, you want to come visit for dinner next week sometime? Like, yeah, you you could just tell. That's the other thing too is being able to see Future Trunks versus Kid Trunks in the same scene. And seeing how Kid Trunks is on his way to developing into a spoiled little rich kid as where Future Trunks was, you know, born into a world that was absolutely demolished and decimated and everyone that was in his family was killed or murdered by these, you know, androids, whatever. Uh, Mm -hmm. Seeing that juxtaposition is really fucking fun. But seeing uh, Vegeta treat the two Trunkses very differently is is very interesting as well. Yeah, it it really does draw contrast to the person that, I don't know, it's just really good stuff in general. And I really think that um, you basically put put it perfectly already. So there's nothing really to add in that front. I agree. I do think, though, what's interesting is not just simply Vegeta's reaction, but also Future Trunks' reaction to all of it. And I feel that's a great example of how Super excels, what does better with characterization. Because you get a sense of like, okay, these characters are playing off each other in different dynamic ways. And the strength of all of Super's character moments, it's based on characters reacting to one another and to where they are in different places and how they've grown since the last time they've interacted. And that's something that when you compare it to GT really comes into, into, full, into full view. GT doesn't really have that. GT doesn't really have characters responding to each other's growth. They just kind of have them act to move the plot forward. Super yeah. really has a lot of those moments where you really get to see the characters breathe and talk and hang out. And that's one thing that Super Vegeta really has that works for them for him it's more dynamic it's more social one thing that i think some people um don't like about dragon ball super vegeta and i go back and forth Mm. on it personally is uh and i think it's more indicative of the series writ large rather than how they treat this specific character but He's too many punchlines. Like he's the one on the ass end mm-hmm. of the joke against uh, all of the all those scenes in episode sixty nine with the Raleigh from Doctor Slump and you know mm. all the goofy stuff he does with him in the the pacifier and the copy Vegeta saw the copy Vegeta saga. Although Ugh. I do like how the dub version of that does have like you know Ocean's Vegeta. Yeah, I forget the, I forget the actor's name. I'm sure it's Brian it's Drummond. Drummond. Yep. No. Yeah, we got. I like yeah. that. That's some good that's stuff. Liter- that's literally the one thing that's redeeming about the copy of Vegeta saga that I wrote down and I put in parentheses. Um, let's see. Copy of Vegeta except Brian Drummond versus Chris Sabat. <laughs> yeah, that's the best part. <laughs> it really was. 
especially as like an old school like Toonami fan. No, that, that that for me was like watching that. I'm like, wait a second, wait a second, because <laughs> you, know, you watch it subbed, obviously, but when you hear it dubbed, you're like, oh wait a second, that's ah, it's really cool. Yeah, I don't yeah. like anything else in the dark, but I like and, that bit. And for a while, like when after the series was over, and all we had to kind of hold us over each week on Saturday nights was the dub versions of it. That wasn't too, too long after the series wrapped up. Like, the series wrapped up March 27th, I think, of Mm -hmm. 18. And then I think that dub came out in late May, maybe early June. Like, that was a really fun thing for all of us to experience together. Um, In terms of the subversion of that whole arc, I'm just like... Mm -hmm. I guess it's, I guess it's cool the kids are involved a little bit for once for this stupid do nothing arc where Vegeta's sucking on a pacifier and fading away into nothing mm-hmm. and also there's a purple Jello version of him. Real fucking cool this is. It wasn't. Prob- it wasn't cool. The problem is it's just bland, and it doesn't have any impact really on anything. It doesn't really change. Like with all the really strong arcs in Super and Z, yes, once it's done, has the story shifted? Has it turned on? On, a, on an access in any way has has the world been altered in a way that's can you can't go back on and i think that that arc especially and that's the problem i think with a lot of the super and gt stuff that doesn't work it's when you're just not pushing forward you're not moving beyond you're not moving to the next step you're just kind of doing like spins in place making yeah. a lot of you're seemingly making movement but really you're going nowhere well, that's Dragon Ball Super as a whole for me. It's mm. uh, they're they're in this you know static kind of period between uh, end of the Boo saga and end of Dragon Ball Z. They're in that time window. I just wish that they would graduate beyond that by for now. Um, mm-hmm. But it's like we can't do really anything super of consequence because we've already decided this thing that happens at the end of Dragon Ball Z is still going to happen. So we can't do anything crazy out of the box as you know. Uh, not that they suit, not that they really would anyway. My thing that I like about Dragon Ball Z or Dra- even re- the first series of Dragon Ball, they do time skips really well, like mm. breaks and sagas. And then you've got a three year, a five, a seven year jump in some instances. And then you come back to these characters and it's like an artificially um, injected kind of sense of character development because you haven't seen what they've gone through, but you know that three years have passed and now they're a little different or they do this better or that doesn't bother mm-hmm. them as much or whatever. Dragon Ball Super doesn't have that benefit because they're stuck within this window and that exactly. fucking drives me bananas. But what it ultimately equates to or results in is just a ton of redoing the same thing over and over again. That's why you get things like Vegeta sacrifice and the tournament of power basically being in some instances shot for shot in terms of the memories he has and all that shit in terms of the lines he says, it's the same sacrifice from the boo saga. Um, mm-hmm. That's why you get something like super saiyan blue Vegeta or, or super saiyan blue evolution Vegeta, super saiyan blue evolution Vegeta where it's kind of different, but it's kind of not different. We've kind of already accepted SSB, but if we get to the end of Z and something else happens, it's not really that big. A deal. Like, stop doing these things that are ultimately non-consequential solely for the sake of not having to move beyond this period of time. Don't do it just for Vegeta. Do it for all the characters. Get me Oob in this bitch. I want to see Oob. Yeah, same. Basically, Oob. I just want to see now <laughs> want to see him barefoot and whooping ass 
want to see Goku training Oob. It's going to be freaking cool. And I would love to see what they do with them. Like in terms of creativity, there's so much potential for that character. And they do, I don't know, there's a lot of creativity they can exploit. And I really hope that as they go forward, that they engage with that post Z arc. Because the problem with Vegeta currently is they can't push his character beyond where it ends. You know, like he's essentially after the after Boo, he's the same guy after Boo. And so long as we're stuck in there, we can't drastically deviate from that perspective. But there's a lot you can do after that. You can do some more cool stuff after that point. There are ways you can really evolve the narrative in ways that are really creative. And I feel like the big problem with the big twist in the super manga that everyone got pissed off about is that it's unchallenged recycling. It's not... What do you mean? I mean, what do you mean that is this? You could make the argument that this is Vegeta being self-critical of himself. But uh, the comment about this is, again, the moral comment that Moral says to him, you think you're not going to hell, you spiky haired weirdo? And he says, no, I'm going to hell because I've killed literally billions of people. It used to be my job. In regards to that comment, which is good because that's where I kind of wanted to wrap it up for us and bring it back exactly. to you. So you're helping me land the plane, baby. Go ahead. Oh, it's always a plan. Always a good idea on that front. <laughs> we went through that already. At the end of the Boo Saga, he literally was wished back by, by Shenron, who deemed him to be not evil. Like, he went to hell in Boo Saga. He had, this, he had the same conversation with Piccolo right before, like, sacrificing himself, where he's like, you know, you're going, you know, all that. You know, and he accept, comes to terms with this, his, his sins. He goes, he accepts his punishment, essentially. But he comes back and redeems himself through his actions following that. And he's redeemed, essentially. He's deemed worthy of redemption by Shenron. Hmm. Which then tells me, okay, we just went through this. We did this entire arc done much more subtly, surprisingly enough, in Z. You know, man, here's the thing about that line to me. To have a strongest reaction to say, this line totally undercuts everything we've seen in Dragon Ball Super from Vegeta. First of all, get the fuck out of here, Edge Lord. There's nothing that could ever mm. be said in one speech bubble that could have you act so dramatically unless you're just trying to get retweets. All right? That's mm -hmm. point number one. I genuinely just took this line as like, yeah, I guess I'm going to hell. I'm a villain. I'm a badass. Like, I've killed lots of people. And that was basically it because Vegeta knows like the reason I'm even here being able to say this to you right now is to defend the planet. Oh, by the way, I just punched out a bunch of bullshit or whatever energy out of your stomach with this forced spirit fission technique. And I just revived a whole GD planet of Namekians like mm -hmm. Vegeta knows that even though he can't undo his past and it's set in stone and it is what it is. And, and this is me thinking of, of this without even considering that Shenron Piccolo discussion you just mentioned. I, mm. I didn't even think of that. That's a million miles from my brain. Yeah. Um, and, and that came to mind when I was hearing this drama, I, laying the, the, the controversy mull in my head a little bit. That was a little bit of a, Anyway, sorry, cut you off there. No, it's cool. So to hear that that part of it kind of played into it for you, all right, that's understandable. But for me, I just kind of considered it like, yeah, I'm a badass, but also I I know what I'm doing now, and I'm I'm here to protect the world, and I'm not going to really let it bother me. I didn't think that it was him being like, 
I'm a villain and I'm going to kill Goku when this whole thing's <laughs> over. And that's kind of how I felt like some people were reacting to it just for the sake of being dramatic or again, mm. for the sake of having that edgy take of GT Vegeta is better, which I think if you listen to mm. the last hour, me and Ant talking here, that's just unequivocally fucking wrong. I mean, no, yeah. Dragon Ball Super Vegeta does have things wrong with him. And the only reason he's able to have these cool moments and be a better character from GT is two things. One, the retread of having moments that we already know that they liked. And then B, 20 to 25 years of hindsight and what those mm-hmm. moments meant to the fandom, multiple generations of the fandom. So when they reboot Super, it's like, yo, man, let's pull out that Vegeta sacrifice shit. People are suckers for that. They're going to cry their eyes out. (laughs) And plus, I think a lot of people who are writing Super now, on top of just the knowing of what fans want, a lot of them are fans. Uh, They grow up up with it. With with Toy, I'm sure some of them were fans of Dragon Ball Z already when they made GT, but they were looking at it from a business perspective, first and foremost. They knew they had a product which needed to continue to be good. And I would say Toy also knows they have a product need to be good too now, but they are hiring people who are enthusiastic about Dragon Ball Z. You know, the manga we mentioned uh, in the one episode I was in previously, it was written by one of the guys who worked on a fan manga for Dragon Ball Z, uh, Dragon Ball, the Dragon Ball AF manga. Toy Taro, yeah. If you haven't seen yeah. me and Ant's discussion from last month, our first uh, discussion in this series, we discussed the origins of Dragon Ball AF, and he schooled me on how Toyble eventually grew up to be Toyotaro, who is the dude who is helping Akira Toriyama make every manga chapter. Manga mm. chapter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's a fan. He's an enthusiastic person. It's like if you want to, if you're going to make something right, make the, let the inmates run the asylum. You know, don't make, you know, let them go just nuts with it. And I feel there's a bit of a more of a, a yeah, the, is super flawless by no means. By no means is it flawless. It has tons of problems. But these problems are negligible. They're manageable. All work has problems. All stories have problems. It's just, are you willing to look past these problems as just necessary bumps in the road to keep a story going? Or are they going to crush it for you? And I don't think Super has done anything that crushes it quite like with GT. Because every character is doing something. It may not always be good what they're doing, but they're never forgotten like in GT. Yeah. In GT, GT really forgot everyone. They're literally just put on the bench for long stretches of time. But I think you hit on something important too, is that a lot of the things that we just picked out, whether it be about Super as a series or Vegeta even, the problems that we have with it aren't specific to the character of Vegeta. They're just kind of, mm-hmm. you know, facts about the series. You know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I, I feel like, honestly, looking at the series as a whole, despite its problems, if you want to look at it from, if you, I mean, especially if you take that perspective of, it's the Goku and Vegeta show. <laughs> Goku, if you haven't seen that totally not Mark um, video about the flat circle arc of Goku, it's a beautifully explained oh, thing. Oh, it's excellent. He's it's a, so he's true. Great. Vegeta, on the other hand, I don't know if you could call it like a full arc unless you consider the beginning of Dragon Ball Super truly the beginning of Dragon Ball Z. But at least Dragon Ball Super, there's a little bit of an arc there, or at least there's moments that build off previously established history in the previous um, series. That's where GC was like, he's an old man. 
He's got a mustache. He takes his daughter shopping at the mall and shit. He's kind of just like a driver. He could fly her there, but she has a very fashionable hat collection that she does not want to lose in the wind. It's. I always think I would pick flying if I could pick a superpower, but honestly, yeah. it's, it's probably cold, and it probably wouldn't be very fast unless I was a Saiyajin. So mm. maybe I'll just pick teleportation and instant transmission. Anyway, instantaneous movement, excuse me. I can't say it in Japanese. I f- feel dumb. So I think we're both on the same page, though. Super Vegeta over GT, Gita, GTita, if you will. By a, by a significant margin, I'd say. Yeah. And if you disagree with that, you're fucking wrong. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's check out the chat. Let's see if we got any more uh, last minute uh comments before we wrap it up for the night again we were doing a live uh youtube stream me and Ant are trying to do these once a month usually on a sunday night mm-hmm. uh specifically about dragon ball topics so be if unfe- you have any topics we want to talk about you know for sure if you got topics if you got recommendations for topic suggestions um db super dope at gmail.com we got the socials at db super dope on instagram at db super dope one on twitter uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We have a handful of people hanging out with us here tonight, so thank you guys for taking the time. We appreciate you and getting in with some of the comments. Let's see what we got. No, seriously, uh, thank you. It's really wonderful. <laughs> Lil Mango Art. So her fave is Piccolo. She gave me a bingo on something, or maybe she gave you a bingo. I bet you it was you. She gave you a bingo. Might be. I'm not sure. She's yeah. She's a good egg. She's really good. Uh, that was a great Her art's really nice, too. Good. She's a really good... Uh, she's a whole Twitter thing. Really, you should check her out. She's good, too. Word, little mango art on Twitter. We'll check you out. Um, yeah. Brian Meltiori, patron. If you want to get uh, lots of stupid extra shit, patreon.com slash Dragon Ball Super Dirt. Uh, I say that because Brian is our patron there at the $5 tier. Brian Meltiori, super brought a lot of character development to both Vegeta and Bulma. I don't know if it brought mm. development for Bulma so much as it just brought her back to being a full rounded character in her badass self. Um, yeah, gave her a lot way. to do for sure. Yeah. Um, also kept his promise to spend time with family. Very mm. true. Bro Jita. All right. Bro Jita. That makes sense. Um, the suit with the whiz symbol goes hard too. Yeah, it does. Oh, and Vegeta in a green jacket. Man, I wanted that. But I oh, didn't want to buy SH figure arts. But yeah, no, I got the, uh, if you're watching, if you're watching at home. I got the uh, the Whis. Uh, oh, what great. I like what I like about this armor is it goes back to you know still like the no shoulder armor. It's the darker mm-hmm. grays though, is really mm-hmm. what I like about it. Um, instead yeah. of like the dark blue or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. What else do we got for figures? Well, I got the figure on the brain. All right, I showed this one to you before we started the stream. Pretty great. Pretty so- great. I've shown this one off on Instagram uh, stream last week, I think. Um, I got this Mexican bootleg Mr. Satan uh, in from, did I say it's Mexican already? Uh, he did. La- <laughs> last week. <laughs> so this has quickly become one of my favorite characters or favorite figures I've got for sure. It scales really well with Super Battle Collection, uh, the 90s series that Irwin brought over to the States and all that. So I love that. But then also he came with interchangeable heads, uh, one for... Uh, the GT head is the one that you just saw, but he also comes with like a regular little Dragon Ball Z head that I've since popped off and put onto a uh, Super Saiyan 3 Goku head. So he's got a little bit of a lean due to the pen cap being less than perfect. But uh, yeah, it's pretty Love good. It. 
pretty good. Love it. So if you're listening to us on the podcast version, now if you want to see this cool little, my first attempt at a cool little custom figure, I guess, uh, you have to go check out the YouTube video now. So youtube.com slash Dragon Ball Super Dope. That's a thing that is real uh, that you can put into an internet browser and it'll bring you to the area generally of where this video will be. Hopefully you don't um, make a typo and find porn by accident. Hopefully. Or maybe optimistically. Who knows? Or, yeah, maybe you do find porn. I mean, maybe that's cool too. A um, few more comments here. Um, hello. Yes. GT Vegeta is better than Super Vegeta, in my opinion, at least. Ooh, Kid Muffin. All right, Kid Muffin. Fighting words. I got a bail, but I just wanted to show you guys my support. That's from Ninja Nazumi. That's your friend from before. Same. Good I got guy. work tomorrow. Kid Muffin said, I'm glad I discovered this podcast. Oh, that was nice of you, uh-huh. though. Um, yeah. Nerd News Happy Hour. You guys are phenomenal. Thank you, baby. You guys are phenomenal. You guys want to drink. Oh. Cheers oh, yeah. to the Check Nerd them. News Happy Hour. Check them out, too. <laughs> are you friends with those guys, too? Oh, yeah. I think I was on. I think I was at the wait, Nerd News. Oh, no, Nerd News. Oh, I'm thinking of a different one. They're good, too. What are you talking about? Nerd News Happy Hour. Signal the, the, the hops. That shit hops is dope. Guys. Super dope. Sujito wins, according to Melchiori. Melchiori, have a good night, brother. Talk to you soon. Uh, yo, Mexico and all of Central America goes ultra hard for Dragon Ball. That's very true. Yeah. Mm. It, it, you know, episodes 128 through 131, me and the guys were watching like uh, live videos every week mm. of people watching them on huge projector screens in oh, bars. Yeah. And I know, I was hearing about that. Flipping the fuck out about final eliminations during the tournament of power. Oh, so I just wish cool. I, could, I wish that I a spoke Spanish, so like or Portuguese, depending on which country in South America it is or Mexico. And I just wish it could just been been at those bars. That'd been amazing. Yeah. Freaking yeah. everyone going nuts. Oh my god. I would have I would have sucked it up, man. I would have just been like, yes, I'm ignorant to what you guys are saying specifically. However, I understand the sentiment you are expressing. I too am excited. <laughs> so uh, yeah, basically. super dope. All right, guys. Thank you all to those who popped in with some comments in the chat. Uh, we'll have the podcast version of this up. If you just found us tonight, like apparently Kid Muffin uh, did, um, we are podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube is a place where podcasts are, and we are there as well. Dragon Ball, mm-hmm. what the fuck is it? YouTube.com slash Dragon Ball Super Dope. Um, rate, review, all the places where the podcasts live helps other people find the show. Tell your other Dragon Ball fan friends about us, because that helps us as well. If you have suggestions for me and Ant's next discussion, hit us on the socials, dbsuperdope at gmail.com, or you can leave us a voicemail, 401 401- Two one three nine five nine six. I'm pretty sure that's the phone number. If it is, go me in my memory. If it's not, then um, if it's not, you may have called a bank. <laughs> you called something that's not me, but also the phone number somewhere on the internet. Just look for it. Jesus, open your eyes. That's what my mom would say. Open your eyes, and I'd say, I can't, mom. I'm blind. I got gla- I need glasses, and she'd be like, You don't need glasses. You just want to look nice. And then I go to get my driver's license, and I pass with a 98 in the pouring ass rain. And then I go and get my eye exam done. And they're like, dude, we couldn't give you a license if we wanted to. You are so blind. And then you call your mom up when you walk out and you say, hey, mom, remember how in the third grade until now I've been telling you I need glasses, but I can't get it because you're on your fucking health insurance and you won't pay for them? She's like, where? What happened? I'm like, I didn't get my license because I'm blind. I don't want that to happen. It sounds like a very personal problem. (laughs) 
Sounds like an oddly specific story. Very specific, I'd say. Very, All right. Mm-hmm. And thank you so much. Where can people find your writings, man? Oh, uh, CBR.com. I have a lot of stuff on there. Uh, Anime Feminist, I have stuff. Uh, Anime Herald now. I have a few um, publications all over the internet. Look at my Twitter account. I usually post stuff on that. That's uh, Twitter, E-G-R-A-M-U-G-L-I-A. Not Twitter straight into that. You know, Twitter.com slash E-G-R-A-M-U-G-L-I-A. Um, you can check me out on that social media there. Usually I'll link, to, I get links from there usually to other publications I have. I have stuff all over the place. It's and we'll weird. have, it's, we'll totally have links in the show notes. We'll have links in the show notes as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that'd be necessary. Yeah. Aunt Gramuglia, in case you're trying to remember how to spell it, but the G is silent. All right? Yes, there we go. Those you Italian me, last you, names. You saw me cringe when you mispronounced it right there. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I know you got to say it. Gramuglia. <laughs> I've heard some uh, no, Italian marketers get it wrong all the time. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the reason for those who don't get what we're saying here. Aunt has a silent G in his last name. My mom's married name is a silent G in her last name. So, um, yeah, I also have heard tons of telemarketers just massacre the fuck out of some ridiculously <laughs> Italian last names, man. Respect. Respect. Mm, indeed. So that's going to do it for Super Dope tonight. We appreciate you guys checking it out and hanging out. And uh, we will talk to you guys again soon. Uh, Super Dope. Vegeta from Super, it was the best one. <laughs> I, I guess, guess so. that's how we're gonna end that now. End the record button. I can't. I think I want to try the other one. Uh, you can hit. You can hit stop. Super Vegeta is a real cool dude. I think I like that one better. Way, way better. All right. Talk with you guys later. Thank you for checking out the stream. We love y'all. Peace.